cannot lie. It can't lead us astray. And if the Word of God really is that thing, then I can rely on, on two foundational truths. They're both in this psalm. See, the, the, the Lord says in His Word that He is, he is our refuge. That, that He is our strong tower. That we can literally enter the strong tower and we can be protected from all that comes. And then the second, our help is on the way. We can rejoice in our suffering. We can find, we can find um, gladness in our tribulation. We can persevere. We can overcome. We can hold on because our help is on the way. He's coming. He's been coming quickly for 2,000 years, but He's coming. That's why we're here. That's why we come. Because our help is on the way because our helper keeps his promise because our helper cannot lie and because our helper overcomes can we just pray about that together this morning Lord I uh, I thank you specifically and personally this morning for that truth Lord something that holds on to me and that I can hold on to and that I pray, Lord, that everybody in here will be of one accord, of the same mind. Lord, that our, our worship may not be in harmony of voice, but we will be in a harmony in our hearts. That you're here, Lord. That you're our refuge. That you're our satisfaction that you are coming. And you keep your promise. Thank you for these things and many more, Lord, and we say amen to you this morning. Amen and amen indeed. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much for coming today. My name is Beck, and, and well, I work here. If you're new to ESIS, we want to, uh, again, thank you so much for coming and, and let you know that we are uh, personally moved by those that would make a decision to come and fellowship with us today. Um, the idea here is that you don't have to come. And we take that very seriously, uh, that somebody would want to come and fellowship in this house of praise. So we do thank you. If you've been here for a hundred years, thanks for sticking around. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we do have a couple of announcements here before we get started. And uh, the worship team will bring us back in just a few minutes for another time of worship. Typically during this portion of the, of the Sunday event, we, we have a testimony time. Somebody comes up to the front and shares about the goodness of the Lord in one way or another. And uh, because of the new year, and I think people are just busy, we don't have a testimony this week. But we do want to say to you guys that if there's something that's happening in your life, um, something where the Lord has come through in a big way, where your help has come, we want to hear about that. We believe here, not only because uh, we know that it helps, but the Word says so as well, that the body of Christ helps the body of Christ, and that when we share about things happening in our lives, it's an encouragement, it's a strengthening, it's a maturing for each of us. And so it's important not only that you hear from Alex or myself, the teachers, or those who have been asked by the Lord and gifted to lead a ministry, it's also important that you hear from the body. Uh, because there is no one greater 
than the rest in the body of Christ. And so uh, if you do have a testimony of one kind or another, we're going to ask you to come up and share it two, three minutes just telling your story. If you'd like to do that, you can get in touch with the front office. The email is ESS, or pardon me, the front desk at ESSFC.com. You can find it on our website, or you can get a hold of me personally. I'll also find my information on the website, or just grab me uh, right after the announcement time and say that you have something to share. We'll get you scheduled, and you can come and, and bless the body with your testimony. Okay, the rest of the announcements are here in our bulletin. I want to run few, run through just a few of them quickly. Uh, because of the holiday season, we had sort of put pause on our Bible studies throughout the week. Just too many things going on. Now that the holidays are over, for the most part anyway, we're still recovering, many of us. Well, at least I'm not eating like an idiot anymore. I've kind of overcome that. I get to Thanksgiving, and I just, I don't know. It's like 3 a.m. I wake up, where's the Hershey Kisses? And it's like, I'm just like in a coma or something. I'm out of it now. <laughs> so now we're eating juice or drinking juice and vegetables and doing the stuff we should be doing. Now that that's over, we are having our Bible studies this week. So Tuesday night, the Women of the Word Bible Study, our WOW Bible Study, uh, will we'll start up this Tuesday. And on Wednesday night, we'll have our Revelation Bible Study. We're finishing up that on our Wednesday night Bible Study, 7 o'clock. You guys are welcome to come to those. Even if you haven't been before, that's no problem. We'd love to have you. The addresses and times and locations and all the information you need are in the bulletin. Also, we haven't had our Sunday night service here in a few weeks uh, because of the holidays, like I aforementioned. We will have that tonight. That's 6 p.m. That's a third service. It's totally different from the one that you guys are sitting in right now. This is an opportunity for you to worship and prayer, be intimate with the Lord, uh, and sort of a, uh, we call it a corporate personal time with the Lord on Sunday night. I believe it's the most powerful thing we do here at ESS. We'd like to invite you to come to that tonight here, 6 o'clock. Okay, if you have any questions or would like to get in, in contact with ESS, you can find us on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or you can always check out our website, ESSFC.com. We're going to stand to our feet for just a few minutes. Why don't you guys say hello to each other, make a new friend, and the worship team will bring us back in just a moment. Thanks a lot. miss out on this moment with you. We don't want to miss out on what it is that you are trying to communicate to us in this time. Because Lord, whatever that is, it's important. It's deep. And Lord, we can do so much sometimes to insulate ourselves from, from people and from pain and from things that happen to us that we in turn end up insulating ourselves from you. We insulate ourselves from what you speak to us and how you work with us. And Father, right now in this moment, we just say enough is enough. We side with you against ourselves. Father, we say that your way is the only way. There is no plan B. There is no alternative, Father. The only way that we survive is by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father, reigning on us. And as a result, Father, we go and we be a representation of who you are to the rest of this world. Father, I pray that you would, you would give more detail to this moment, um, the administration for what is supposed to happen next. 
because father i don't i, I don't want to miss out on what you're doing lord i don't have to preach today if you want us to worship the whole time lord <laughs> we can worship but lord we just want to do what you want to do so father i thank you for what you're doing in this moment and just ask for more of your spirit we love you father we thank you in jesus name everybody said amen you guys are free to be seated Thank you so much for being here this morning. I apologize. I got my Barry White voice on today because the, the sickness has moved its way down into this throat area. So um, bear with me this morning. I got the handheld because I want to cough into the countryman. That's weird. That little thing that's right there. Um, but anybody else in here dealing with that sickness? Sickness any whatsoever? Yeah, got some people raising their hands in the back. Why don't y'all do this with me right quick? Can you just, if you know somebody who's sick, if you know somebody who's been dealing with some stuff, just close your eyes right quick, put them in your, put them in your mind. Let's just pray for that uh, again, because I know we kind of did this last week as well, but let's just do it again. Let's hit it again. Father, um, there's people in our lives who are being um, attacked by stuff. And Lord, we want to be those who stand in the gap for those individuals. And uh, ESS Christ Fellowship, Lord, you know, as you've set this and established this church, that word means healing. ESS means healing. And so, Father, we want to act in our nature this morning and, and pray for healing within the people, not only in this congregation, in this room, but those who we have in our mind right now who uh, may be feeling under the weather. Father, we just pray that you would get that out in Jesus' name. We just come against that sickness that is in those people, Father, and that you would flush out whatever needs to be flushed out, Lord, and just, my goodness, let there be a testimony of healing right now where they felt different. They're going to call us up and be like, man, at some point I just decided, I, I, mean, I just felt better. We will have a chance to say it's because we were praying for them. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. Bless those people. Heal them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. You all have a choice to be wherever you want on a Sunday. And you choose to come and hang out and listen to me, which I am flabbergasted at sometimes. But I just want to say thank you for... For coming, I trust that the new year was was good for everybody. Uh, you're alive. You made it. Hey, here we are. 2018. Can you believe that it's already 2018? <laughs> Before you know it, it's going to be Christmas 2018, 2019. You guys are like, Alex, slow down. Slow down, brother. We've got to experience the year, right? Well, if you guys have been here for any amount of time, you know that we're in the book of Romans. Um, and we'll be, we're in chapter 12 right now, um, but I just got to let you know what the Lord has kind of been doing with me as a leader, preaching through chapter 12, and it's, it's deep, it's heavy, simply because with ESS Christ Fellowship, we have what's called a ministry plan. Within the ministry plan, it's, it's what the Lord has given us saying, look, here's how I want you guys to do it, and it comes our, our foundational scriptures come out of Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. We talk about the fivefold. Romans 12 has been so potent and so deep that I would contend to have that put in our leadership manual, our ministry plan. 
Now, I've been doing this for 13 years and been going off the same ministry plan for a while. And it hasn't been until I've gotten into Romans 12 that I realize how important this chapter is. And it's for a reason that this chapter is so potent and it hits so hard. And I've been able to communicate to you guys throughout the past couple weeks, well, since we've started chapter 12, the break that happens from the first 11 chapters into chapter 12 of Romans. Now, for those of you who've never been here, we've been in Romans since the first of the year last year, uh, 2016. So it's taken us a while. In our history, we preach entire books. We very seldom do series or topical preaching because we believe you've got to get the whole counsel. You've got to get what it says above and below uh, before you really understand the content and context of what's in the Scripture. So it's the Scripture interpreting the Scripture. The first 11 chapters of the book of Romans where Paul writes this essay to the church at Rome and it's one of the most beautifully penned uh, works in the history of man. That's what most scholars would say about this book. In the first 11 chapters, it's all doctrine. It's all, here's who Jesus is, here's why he did what he did, justification, sanctification, glorification, and then the Lord's sovereignty, how he's always going to be God. No matter what we do or how we feel, he's going to be on the throne. Amen to that. But we get off of all of that. And how often, before I jump into this next piece here, how often do we walk into a church place? A lot of people know a lot of things. I gave my life to Christ when I was five years old. I went up to the front because my sister went up there. I was like, yes, Justine, best friend, let's go. <laughs> Something happened in me. I remember that moment because it was a real change. But I didn't rededicate my life until I was 13. From that moment up until now, man, I tell you, like, I know a lot of stuff. I do. I know a lot of the scripture. There's a lot of the scripture I do not know. The more that I read, the more I realize how much I don't know. But what I'm saying is I've been in it. I've been around it. Grew up in it. I'm a pastor's kid. My dad started ESS way back when, before I can remember. And here I am. If what is in me... And everything that I know does not translate or transfer to my feet and my hands. It means nothing. You guys hear me when I say that. If it does not come out of me in a way that is according to who Christ is, then nobody cares what I know. What I know can't change anybody. So what I'm saying is, when you come and you sit in these pews, I'm sorry, but that's not enough to make you Christian. Because you've heard me say this before, you, you sit in a garage, at what point do people start calling you a car? They never do. But because you're sitting in the garage, I mean, it's like, hey, I'm in the garage, like a car. Am I, am I a car? No, you're not a car, because you don't function like one, okay? Coming and sitting in church don't mean anything unless we don't function like followers of Christ. Doesn't matter how much I know if I don't function like a follower of Christ. Are you with me this morning? So, I am a, how do I say this? I got I to gotta back up. So, at some point, we're all going to be screaming like this little baby. Just, hallelujah, Jesus. You're just not going to be able to stop. I'm not a New Year's resolutioner guy. Not at all. But it's a good time to start things. Because it's a time of the year where 
that's just a little bit of the mentality, right? I am not that dude because I believe that the Lord that we serve said, I don't need one day out of the year for you to change. And it, if you mess up in February, like you got to wait till January to get right again. <laughs> no. But I feel as though I have a responsibility as a leader to send us down, point us in a direction as a body of Christ for 2018. And what the Lord has done with me, with Romans 12, in these past couple weeks where Beck has had the wonderful opportunity to get up and preach, he's done a great job. It allows me to not have to think about preparation type things throughout the week. So I think about other things, right? The Lord took my mind to hear, here's what I'm going to burden you with, basically. And this burden, ladies and gentlemen, for me for the past month or so has been so heavy. That the only other time we see a burden, well, maybe not the only other time, but one of the major times we see a burden in the Word is Nehemiah. We preached the whole book of Nehemiah in 2015. Me and my dad kind of co-preached co that, if that's even a term. But you see this man get burdened for his homeland, for Jerusalem, this wall that is decimated. He gets to a place where it's an emotional reaction. Anybody in here ever had an emotional reaction <laughs> to anything? Wow, well, we got some, got some dead people in here today. Yeah, you guys are tough. I'm just gonna start preaching to the baby because she's gonna say something back to me. She's just going to. <laughs> you know, Jesus. Ah, ah. Yeah, it's great. Um. This boy has an emotional reaction to something that's, uh, that the Lord burdened him with, but it did something. He didn't just sit and pray and then leave it. It caused him to get up and go and do something. His burden moved him to action. Now, this burden that I have that I want you guys to know that I'm going to let you in on here. For the year of 2018, if ESS Christ Fellowship looks like anything... Anything. We're not going to deviate from our foundational scriptures, being fivefold, equipping the saints, uh, building up the body in love. But if we walk outside of this place and our reputation isn't one of loving one another and being the exact representation of Christ's bride, then I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we're missing it. The burden that I have is for Christ's church to function and look exactly like she's supposed to on this side of heaven. On this side of heaven. You know what that means? That means the stuff that you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis that leaves your face in the dirt, that you are in the, like crying in your pillow at night saying, I can't do this anymore. You begin to be uh, an example of overcoming because you're acting like Christ's bride, because you're acting like his church. Those things that happen to you, the way that people treat you, all of a sudden don't get a vote anymore. Let me take it this far. The things that happen to you, the way that people treat you inside of the church, those things start to change. See, the church no longer starts to hurt the church. That's one of those statements Beck made last week. A lot of the pain that's happening within the walls of the church today is not because of outside influence. It's because of us hurting each other. My burden, man, I tell you what, I cannot stand that anymore.
And in 2018, if we're going to look like anything, if we're going to be known for anything, it's going to be a church who knows how to get underneath one another and lift each other up. I don't care if you don't like the person next to you. We will not be that here. We won't be it. But what I want to be able to do this morning, because I believe that... You can come up here, Tony. Um, I want to be able to give the microphone to Tony real quick because he feels as though the Lord put something on him uh, today that is appropriate for this message. And I didn't, I didn't talk to Tony... I mean, I didn't call him last night and be like, hey, can you read this script? Can you memorize it real quick? It's just what the Lord put on him. Uh, and it's, it's amazing how the Lord works in the ways that he does, and he gets everybody on the same page um, in like-mindedness. And so why don't you give him what you gave, gave us this morning? And yes, I will. You know, it's funny that, that, that a message he asked for today, and God told me, he says, he gave me this word back in December. And he said, but I want you to wait until I tell you to give it to your pastor. When I tell you to, tell you, when I tell you to give it to your pastor, it will be the right time. And so I did. So, so I looked at the verse, and he was talking about a revival revolution. That's why God wants to put in each one of us a revival revolution to tell people about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read this verse to you because I'm pretty sure you all understand the Great Commission. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When I looked up authority, that's the authority of God from the very throne room of God, right from the Holy of Holies, right there, the throne room of God. He's given us that authority, that power. That's the power of God. So he wants us to share his love. So when, when he was talking about this revival revolution to me, he says, every one of us needs to have that revival revolution of, in us. We need to tell people at our workplace. We need to tell people at the store. We need to tell people wherever we may be, hey, God bless you. Have a good day. Because what that does, that turns the light switch on. All of a sudden, they're wondering about, okay, what's this little Mexican dude trying to tell me? Jesus loves you. God loves you. He wants you to know he cares about you every second of every minute of every hour of every day. God does. Because he surely loves us. So he wants you to pour into somebody that, that word, God bless you. Jesus loves you. Have a blessed day. Have a nice day because there's better days ahead. God bless you. And you know, and, and what the things that sparked me about becoming a Christian back in uh, way 1974 is the love that I was being shown by these Christians in uh, Moorhead City, North Carolina. And I'd never experienced that ever in my life. I was told about Jesus. But I'm going to share this with you right now. That's what brought me to salvation in Jesus Christ's name. The same thing that they see in you, sir. The same thing that they see in you, sisters. The same thing that they see of these young Christians in the high schools, in the junior highs, at, uni at Colorado State University, like I said, at the marketplace, wherever you may be. They just want to hear it. Even though they don't know it, 
They're expecting something to come out of a person that says, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. That's what this revival revolution that God is talking about, to me, is about. Tell them. It's okay. What are they going to tell you? What are they going to tell you? Just say, hey, Jesus loves you, man. God bless you. Have a great day. Open up the door. Open up the door. Turn the light switch on. Because Jesus loves you. I could talk all day. God bless you. Thank you. Have a great day. Hey, hey, come on. Put your hands together. God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can turn the mic back up now because I know you had to turn it down. Okay. Y'all love it. I love Tony. Is that good? Amen. You know, what came out of Tony's mouth was this word revival. I'll tell you what, there's some people in here, you guys are dead. You've got some dead areas of your life. Now, I'm not up here trying to say I know you because first, I mean, some of you guys have seen you for the first time. But what I am saying is that that word revival comes with another word called life. And what Tony is trying to express to us right now is when you go to the, to the grocery store, your work, or, or what, what are you going to give people? Are you going to give them life or are you going to give them death? Are you going to give them that which is in you that is Jesus Christ or that thing that is weighing you down so much that it, that's the only thing you can really think about? Are you with me today? What I'm speaking of, and what you just heard from, from Tony, was, was this, that revival is not going to happen in the city of Fort Collins. I'll tell you what, that's what ESS is here for, revival. We're not here to just go get this one block. I'm talking from the outskirts of Loveland all the way up to the bottom part of Wellington. The whole thing. People say I'm crazy. You darn right I'm crazy. Because I believe we can get all of them. Who said we can't? But that's a revival. Revival is not going to happen in the city of Fort Collins, ladies and gentlemen, if it doesn't happen in the hearts of the people who know Jesus. Revival has to happen in you and I. And in 2018, this is what I'm saying. Let that take place. Let that take shape. Let life spring forward. Now what we're about to read here in, in Romans, what we've been reading in Romans chapter 12, you get 11 chapters of here's how it's supposed to be. Everybody, anybody in here have been hit in the head with a Bible? Maybe physically? Or someone's been telling you something about Jesus and it just feels like, oh my gosh, stop. That's kind of what Romans chapter 1 through 11 is. It just smacks you in the face because it's the truth. There's no way to heaven except through being on your knees and asking God to come into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior. There's no other way. You're justified through him, sanctified through him. We glorify him. He's in his sovereignty. And then we get to this place where he says, now here's how I want you to live. Here's how I want you to treat one another. That no man is supposed to think of himself better than the person next to him. That everyone's gift is so important. Don't not give your peace. The beginning of chapter 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you can present yourself and your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord. See, this is dedicated service. So here's what I'm saying with this. With what Tony's been saying. What, uh, what the Lord has put on me with this burden. I'm going to make this statement, and I'm going to challenge you guys in this every day. 
I'm not going to get off of this statement for a while until the Lord says. But this statement is this. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Now the reason I'm saying that and I'm coming so strong with it is this. Number one, hey, guess what? I love you. I do. I really do. Everybody in here, hey, you're welcome in my home, that of which I don't have quite yet. But when I get one, you're welcome in it. You're welcome in my truck. I mean, I own my truck, so spacious we can have dinner in there on the console or something. You're welcome. Love you. But I'm going to be very real with you guys. If we claim to be followers of Christ, put your money where your mouth is. If you say Jesus is in you, if we say that we got all this doctrine and we know who Jesus is and how he says it's supposed to be done and then fail to look at his three years of ministry and how he did it, then we're missing it. Put your money where your mouth is. Come on. Sometimes the Lord asks me to say things and I'm like, I don't want to. Don't show up here if you're not going to be real. Don't walk through those doors if you're not willing to sit next to somebody who you're not really the most comfortable sitting next to. Because there's nowhere in the word does it say, love my blood child more than somebody who is not of any relation to me. That's what we got done hearing last week from Beck. His message two weeks ago was good versus evil. And it was just verse 9. Can we get that up on the screen? Just verse 9, and then a, uh, a week ago, his, the title of his message was God's Family. There were some statements made in both of those messages that, man, pierced my heart on a deep level. Because in 2018, I'm looking back as a leader saying, are we accomplishing these? Now, this first part of this scripture, our text is 9 through 13, but we're, we're really going to slow down excuse me, on verses 11, 12, and 13. But it says this in the beginning. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. See, this is, if you know all of who Christ is, you've got 11 chapters of doctrine, which, by the way, the only, one of the other places in the Word of God where there's a heavy doctrine, and then here's what you do with it, is the book of Ephesians, which might be the next book that we preach through, which is part of our foundational scripture, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. However, one of the things Beck pulled out of this is this word hypocrisy. What's a, a hypocrite back in the day was an actor, and it wasn't looked at as a negative position. You would call somebody who is a thespian, if that's the right word, a part of the, uh, the theater, right? Uh, a hypocrite, because they acted in these roles. Well, nowadays... Kind of have a, uh, it kind of has a negative connotation to it. Because being a hypocrite means being a professional pretender. Woo! That smacks you right in the face. The Lord says, let love be without professional pretending. Now I tell you what, there are some areas in my life that I am a professional pretender in. <laughs> and there's a lot of other areas that, hey, I'm not. But the ones that I am, he's saying that can't live anymore. Revival needs to happen right there. But then we got to last week. 
And this whole God's family thing came across the pulpit. It says, be devoted, this is uh, verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. That word devoted in the Greek is translated with a fraternal affection connected to it. And it's the only place in the New Testament that that word means that. The only place. That's why the Greek helps us understand really what's being communicated in the scripture. It says, I need you with a fraternal affection as if this person is blood related. Be devoted to one another in a brotherly love. You know what that means? That means I have no right to put Kayla down for anything that the Lord is doing in her life. If she knows Jesus and I know Jesus, that's all we need. Thank God. Right? Why would it be any different with anyone else? One of those statements that Beck made that has caused me to look at our church and say, are we doing that? Are we being a representation of living out what the scripture says? Not me just getting up here and talking about it. We leave and then Monday through Saturday we do whatever the heck we want to do and then come back here and we all clap our hands and say amen and right on brother. Bless your sister. Let's do it. You know, put that on repeat. Are we doing this? Are we devoted to one another in brotherly love? Are we giving preference to one another in honor? That word preference right there actually means to go before. So it doesn't mean that we outdo each other and make it a competition. Because for me, I'm sorry, I played college football. I have a very competitive nature. Sometimes that creeps into my relationship with the Lord, I'll be honest. I try to compete, and he's saying, I never asked for your competition. I never asked for you to get a trophy. I just want your heart. That's it. So what he's saying, and when he says give preference, he says, be the first to honor one another. Go before as a leader. Go before as a follower of Christ and honor each other. Are we doing this? Are we putting our money where our mouth is? If we're going to be anything in 2018, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be a family who knows how to love. We're going to continue. I've already said this with what we're about, our vision. We're going to do that. Discipleship, evangelism, neighboring. Every day we will do these things. <laughs> but if we don't know how to love each other, we're another group who meets on a Sunday some weird guy up front who brings other smaller weird guys to talk and bigger ones last week you guys with me at all today this in conjunction ladies and gentlemen with saying how are we supposed to get there because again I can't be up here talking about it to you guys all day long and not give you any how to's and not say alright here's how we're going to get to this place you heard it from Tony's mouth and I'm trying to communicate it to you today. If revival doesn't happen in you, it's not going to happen in this church. We'll still have cliques. We'll still have opinions. We'll still have that group over there and this group over here. But if revival doesn't start right here, man, we are the professional pretenders. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to lead a church like that. So guess what? Revival has to happen in me. I can't ask y'all to do it if it don't happen right here. Are you with me this morning? See, this message isn't as much of a, well, 
This message is, let me say that, a precedent-setting, corner-turning, I'm not going to get off of this until the Lord tells me to. This is what 2018 is going to be about. We're going to bring that alongside of everything that he's already told us to do this year. We have to be careful when we make one thing the it. That's what I don't want to do. Because worship is not the it. Preaching is not even the it. Scriptures, guess what, is not even the it. All of it together, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, us together, relationships, all of it. I mean, go down the, go down the list. Does that make sense this morning? So we get these, these two verses I'm going to read again, and then we get down into verses 11, 12, and 13. You guys all right this morning? You good? He says this in verse 9 through 13. It says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, uh, contributing to the needs of the saints, and practicing hospitality. One thing I want to uh, want to say about these this list, these line items, they can be daunting. You can look at those and be like, "Oh my gosh, how am I supposed to get this done? It's a lot of stuff." You're right. It is. It's tough in the middle of tribulation to persevere when all you want to do is just <laughs> throw your papers up in the air and walk out. Then you come back and gather them up and say, just kidding, I need these. I got to keep going. These are not optional when revival is put in the hopper. These aren't suggestions. I, I just want you guys to know that. When we operate outside of these things, then we start hurting each other. And that's, that's what I want you to know. When we operate outside of the things that I just got done reading, who's the casualty? The person sitting right next to you. I wish you'd think about that. Or maybe take a look around. When I operate out of something that is not this, you are the casualty. I hurt you. <laughs> That is very real. And I'll tell you what, maybe we just need to all get up and go across the aisle and say, it's okay, I love you, I'm sorry, you know. I don't think there's been a whole lot of that going on here, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to put a stop to it, if there is. Because we will be the representation of Christ's bride first. Amen? Amen. But it says this in verse 11. It says, not lagging behind in diligence. Now, when I read this, anybody know what diligence is? What is the opposite of diligence? Laziness? Yeah. When I read this, you know, you know the first demographic that came to my mind? Um, well, I guess I can't really say demographic. Men. I'm just going to go right after it. Men in the room. When I read this, he said, you need to speak to every man that comes on this Sunday. Because diligence 
or lagging behind in diligence means laziness. And another word for laziness is apathy. A lot of the reasons why some things are happening in our families, men in this room, is because we're apathetic. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Put your money where your mouth is. I'm asking you to take one more step up, men in this room. If you have a family, lead that family in everything that you are doing because it stems from you. Women, you have just as much importance in a family as a man does. You can do things that men can't, <laughs> like childbirth, amen. <laughs> but there are things that you have been doing because men haven't been doing. Does that make sense? You guys hear me, men in this room? We have to give a round of applause to most of the women because they've been doing things that is our job to do. I'm asking every man in here to step up and lead. If it's a friendship, if it's a relationship, if it's a married, committed relationship, not lagging behind in diligence. Because when we do that, what do we do? We don't function the way he asked us to function. We end up hurting each other. It's encouraging more than it is, hey, I'm hitting you over the head with this microphone right quick. Right? Got one smile over there. It's good. Not lagging behind in diligence. The next thing says fervent in spirit. Now everybody know what this word fervent means? It means passionate. <laughs> passionate in spirit. Now whether that means passionate in the Holy Spirit, hey, be passionate about the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm into that. However, if this is not suggestion. What the Lord is communicating through Paul right now saying fervent in spirit, being passionate in the very thing that is in you. You have a responsibility to not lose your passion. <laughs> Let me say that. There have been things that have happened to me in my life emotionally that have stolen my passion. You want to know why? Because I let it. Because I let it happen. I have a responsibility that if I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and Jesus is who he says he is in me and I operate in that, then there's going to be a fervency in spirit that just comes out. I'm just going to be passionate about everything that he's made me capable to do. Why? Because he's the source. Nobody's approval is my source. Nobody's yes is my source or no is my source. He's my source. So I'm telling you, we have a responsibility to be fervent in spirit. And I'll say this. If you got the gospel in you, there's no reason not to be. Are you with me? You woke up today. Get rid of the sad face. <laughs> My goodness. There may be some things that you got to walk through that are tough, and the Lord's going to get you through them. That doesn't mean you don't wear that on your face. But I'm saying... Right here, because he sits and lives behind your sternum and the very power that rose Jesus from the dead is in you, be fervent in spirit. Thank you. Somebody, some kind of response. But these next two right here are ones that really have affected my heart um, in some big ways. Rejoicing in hope and persevering in tribulation. Anybody know what hope is? 
This is, well, hope is this. Oh, did I miss one? I did. Serving the Lord. Yeah, I missed that last week. I don't want, or last uh, service. I don't want to miss that before I jump to these next two. You guys have heard me plenty of times talk about your purpose and your calling. I'll beat a, a dead horse. I don't care. I'm that pastor. If I preach the same message for the rest of my life, I'm good. You guys can either come or not come. I'm still going to preach it. <laughs> but when it says serving the Lord, this is a 24-7 affair. And when you are doing that 24-7 and you see through these eyes of what I am doing right now is serving him, it changes the way you view a certain situation. Somebody says something to you and you just flare up. When you're saying, man, I'm serving the Lord right now, it just kind of puts it in perspective for you. How is my response to this situation going to serve him? Does that make sense? Not only are you not lagging behind in diligence, you're not being lazy. Not only are you called to be fervent in spirit because you woke up this morning. Hallelujah. He's saying in everything that you do, especially the way that you handle one another and come to the throne to me and worship and serve me. Serve me. Preached a message four or five months ago about the showbread about being in the Lord's presence 24-7. It changes the way you see things. Somebody cuts you off at the stoplight. I'm serving the Lord, so I won't flip you off today. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> Does that make sense? Serving the Lord. Got one. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. That word hope... Guys, means this in the Word of God. Confident expectation. Let me ask you this question. Anybody in here ever lost hope in something? You've been praying and praying and praying. And you see everyone around you get exactly what you're praying for. But what about you? Causes you to lose hope. You push, you push. You put your hand to the plow, you dig, you plant, and nothing is growing. Anybody in here ever lost hope? See, this hope that he's talking about is not a hoping and wishing. That man, if I just try so hard, if I burn the candle at both ends, if I get up earlier, work my butt off, go to sleep later, it'll all just work out. I just hope so much that it might happen. Now, see, a confident expectation means we know the end of the story. Confident expectation means this, that when he promised Abraham descendants that outnumber the stars, it didn't happen right away. It took about 13 years, but guess what did happen? His promise still remained. His promise came to fruition. The Lord has said things to us, ladies and gentlemen, not only on an individual level, but corporately through the word of God, that his promises will always be made good on. Are you with me today? To lose hope in that, whew, the expectation that I have, that I have confidence in, is that he said who, he is who he said he is. And that he has shown up in time, on time, every time, and I don't need to be wallowing in my own sob story. Because my time hasn't come yet. <laughs> you guys with me this morning? 
know what this means, rejoicing in hope? It also means not rejoicing in results. Because when we rejoice in results, we then begin to compare one another. We begin to compare ourselves with ourselves by ourselves. And again, when we step outside of any of these things on a list, we begin hurting the church. That church over there doesn't have this ministry or that ministry. Okay, well, are, are people giving their life to Christ? Yes, good, we're good. When you rejoice in results, ladies and gentlemen, you become more concerned with the, uh, the end product than you do with the process. Why can't I just have what it is that I want to have? No, see, the Lord says, I'm taking you through something right now. You need to be confident and expectant that on the backside of this thing, you're going to look just like me. So don't rejoice in results because sometimes the result is not what you think it's going to be. <laughs> Amen? A lot of stuff in these scriptures. But then it says persevering in tribulation. Are we good up until this point? You guys all right? Not falling asleep or anything? Persevering in tribulation. Um, this is not an endurance for endurance sake. Where you try to just hang on and let the waves crash up against, excuse me, crash, crash up against your boat until the waves die down and maybe you assess the damage afterwards. Alongside of having a confident expectation, I would say this if we're talking about waves. The way God wants you to deal with your situation is to get your darn wetsuit on, pull your uh, surfboard out, and you go surf the waves. Because, you know, he could speak to those waves in a moment and say, mm, calm down, this is my child. I'm protecting this one. But perseverance through tribulation, let me just make this statement, doesn't give you an excuse to lose hope in his promises. You're going to go through stuff. You're going through stuff right now. You can tell on some of y'all's faces. I'm going through stuff. Everybody's going through stuff. But for that to push us to a place where we lose hope, are we being a representation of who Christ is? Are we putting our money where our mouth is? Or are we getting beat up by this world and laying down and saying, okay, you have your way? That's not the type of church the Lord wanted us to be. That's not his bride. He's not saying get through it just for getting through its sake, but get through it so that people can see who I am. You know, I can't believe I'm about to use this. Okay, this really makes me irritated. And this is just a me thing, okay? <laughs> Anybody heard of the term hangry? <laughs> I can't stand that. Because <laughs> it's like if you're a grown person and you're hungry... And it brings you to a place where you're just mean to people because you can't put something in your mouth. <laughs> like, go get a cookie or something. Stop being mean to people because you're hungry. It's just the dumbest thing, the dumbest term I've ever heard. Hangry. But if we, we translate that to persevering through tribulation, <laughs> we let our circumstance and what we're going through stink up what comes out of us. 
man, I don't have this, I don't have that, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to be crappy towards everyone else. That's not persevering <laughs> through tribulation. I'm going to hear about that one tomorrow. <laughs> but just because you're hungry does not give you the right to treat other people like crap. <laughs> Go feed yourself. Like, right, grow up. I'm sorry. So let me say this. Put your money where your mouth is, and if you're going to feed yourself, feed yourself on the word of God. So that when you persevere through tribulation, you persevere with something that sustains you, and that's Jesus Christ and his character. Are you with me today? Man, didn't know that one was going to work out. <laughs> Gosh. But then he says devoted to prayer. Now this word devoted, we saw this in uh, verse 9. It's a different Greek word. Different Greek word. It's the same English word, but it's different when it comes to the Greek. Um, and the interpretation of that word is adhere to. So it's saying it, adhere to prayer. And what is prayer? Prayer is a conversation with the Lord. So not only do we not be lazy, fervent in spirit, we serve him in everything that we do, that we rejoice in a confident expectation, and we're preserving in tribulation. But in everything that we're doing, we quiet ourselves and we just have a conversation with the Lord. At some point, we got to stop being so darn worried about what's going on in everyone else's lives and we just have a conversation with the Lord about us for just a little bit. And I'm going to tell you what, he's going to tell you to go serve somebody. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to tell you to serve somebody who you don't really like to serve. Guess what? That's who he is. That's what makes him so uh, worth serving. Is because when he came to this earth, as you look through his three years of ministry, he hung out with the people who didn't need a physician. He hung out with the woman at the well. He hung out with the lame, with the blind. He wasn't with the people who had the good house, the great mode of transportation, all the fancy clothes. It would have been cool to hang out with those people. I think it's in the book of Matthew where the Pharisees come up to Jesus while he's reclining at the table with the tax collectors. I think this is after he called one of his disciples forth in the early parts of his ministry. And they say to him, like, bro, I'm pretty sure they didn't say that back then, but what are you doing? Why are you sitting with these people? And his response was this, they're the ones that need me, <laughs> not the other people. If we for a moment think that because of our situation and circumstance that we are better than someone else, whew, now you better get that out of here. But being devoted to a conversation with him gives us direction in every circumstance. Are you with me today? Stepping outside of any one of these, guess what? Hurts the church. And we're not going to be that. But here's kind of like the I don't want to call it a conclusion because, I mean, it's just verse 13. It's in the middle of the chapter. However, it is the end of the message. Um, if you put your money where your mouth is, and we do it the way Christ asked us to do it, we got two things here at the end that say contributing to the needs of the saints and also practicing hospitality. That speaks to a couple of different things. When you contribute 
to the needs of those sitting next to you. You actually get up off of your seat. You walk outside of your comfortable home. And you go across the street and you knock on the door and you make yourself available. Somebody might not even need, there might, be, there might not be a present need at the time. But to say, you know what, I want to be exactly who Christ wants me to be, the best representation of the church, part of that is making yourself available to the person sitting right next to you, even when it's uncomfortable. But here's the other part of it. If you've got a house, if you've got a place where you can entertain, practicing hospitality, opening up your door and saying, guess what? You don't have enough, let me provide out of my surplus for a little while because there might be a time where you have a surplus and I don't. See, what I'm looking at here as I read through Romans 12 is saying, if this is the way that he's telling us to live, do I lead a church of people like this? Matter of fact, am I even like this? And there's times in areas of my life that I look at these things and I'm like, oh, man, I need to change some things. There's some other things I'm like, hey, got it. Good. Continue. But what would it look like for the church to stop talking about being the church and the church start being the church? You with me today? I'm starting to figure out with you guys that... You guys are more head nodders than you are like audible ameners, you know? And I just need to be okay with that. Because <laughs> in my head when I, I'm sure Beck does the same thing, when I put these messages together, you, you come up with a point and you're like, yeah, this is going to hit. And then you say it and it's like crickets. Like, oh my gosh, these people. But you know, we get the head nod, the balance, you know? It's good. So I appreciate that you guys are listening. I want you to know I see that. And I want to acknowledge you, okay? Build you up. Edify the church. <laughs> you guys catch all of that. From the beginning of this message to the end, put your money where your mouth is and be a true follower of Christ. Because the alternative is lukewarm. Yeah, appreciate y'all. The alternative is lukewarm and he spits that out. The alternative is a bad representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he did not put us here to be a half representation. He's doing too much work in you right now. Like Tony said, just say God bless you. Let the revival begin to take place in here, because if it doesn't take place in each every one of us, it's not going to happen in the city of Fort Collins. It just will not happen. And I want to see that revival. I don't know about you guys. Yeah? Amen. Amen. Well, let's get ready to close. So we'll get our worship team back up here and prepare for our offering. Um, and we'll see, kind of see how the Lord wants to end this service right quick. Again, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, when the word goes out, when we read scripture, uh, it's intended, ladies and gentlemen, to pierce. It's intended to change. And we had a response. We had a great response in the, in the first service. 
and I just made the uh, made the call pretty much. You guys can come up here. How about this revival? Um, revival needing to happen in the hearts of each individual. And this might be a moment in time where you just get before the Lord and say, Father, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm ready to take the first step. Or you may be like, I know exactly what I need to let go. And I may not even be ready to let it go. But I'm ready to take the first step or the next step or a step, whatever the step may be. So let's think, let's let the Lord talk to us on that. Father, uh, God, I just pray for this offering. And Lord, we just bless you. Uh, and thank you so much for being a God who always receives us. I don't know why we run away from you. Lord, I don't know why I would run away from you, but there's times in my life and our lives where we have completely sprinted the opposite direction. But you receive us afterwards. When we come to our senses, you receive us because you love when your children come home. So, Father, do your work in us in this moment right now. Father, I pray for the offering. That what gets put in is given from a joyful, joyful place. Well, Father, we become serious about you and serious about what you say in the word. Because you're serious about us. And you're serious about blessing us too. So, Father, we just want to give because it's all yours anyway. So we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. You guys can go ahead and pass that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as, as that plate's being passed there, this word revival, uh, I, just, I just have it on me that there's some dead there's some dead places in this room meaning that there's some dead areas in each one of us that the Lord wants to bring life to I don't know what that is for each and every one of you guys but uh, life needs to break out it does now what I'm going to do I'm going to open up this altar because sometimes it's good to come up and get prayed for you don't even have to say anything Someone is just going to come up and put their hand on you and, and just pray for you, pray over, pray over you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to ask some of my leaders to help me out, depending upon how many people respond to this right now. You can respond in your seat. You don't have to come up here. But here's what I do know. Whatever the Lord is telling you to do, do that. No one's going to judge you if you come up here. But responding to what he's saying to you right now is what he's after. Really, it is. But if you want that revival and you want to take that first step, come up here and, man, we'll get after it. And I'll walk with you through that. Amen? So let's stand to our feet as we finish, as we sing this song. This will be our benediction.
But the lines in this song are perfect for this moment. Because it says you won't, it says you won't relent until you have it all. And that my heart is yours. And that's the type that's the type of God that we serve. Brad, can I get the keys? That's the type of God that we serve. Uh, that he's not going to relent until our whole heart is given to him. Uh, but the thing is, is he's going to love us in that process. So if you want to come up, go ahead on. Uh, but this is going to be our, our benediction. So just sing this with me as we close for today. I just pray for more. I pray for what's happening to be uh, corner turning and precedent setting, Father. But for there to be uh, just a relinquishing of our agenda um, and an adoption of yours. So, Father, be with us as we go from this place. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, of his children said, Amen. You guys are free to go.